0: IVM As a child, I used to go below my building to play every evening in the colony. All the kids would arrive at 5, but someone special came down at 6.30. It was Dolly Auntie. She used to bring with her a big tray of the most delicious kima Cutlass and all of us hungry kids would surround her like lost puppies. Back then, my pocket money was 5 rupees a day, and if I saved for two days, I could have one of Dolly Auntie's cutlets. Auntie used to do brisk business and be back home by 8. Her cutlets was one of the key things I miss when I later moved away from colony life and went to Pune. Like Dolly Auntie, there are plenty of old aunties, young moms and even enterprising men who sell such delicacies in the various Parsi colonies that dot Mumbai. Darni Puri, Chicken patties chapat, vasanu, toplinu paneer and badampak. These are just some of the few things they make and make very, very well. Most specialize in making two or three things, while others that are more ambitious have a wider catering menu and even deliver across the city. If you haven't already guessed, today's show is all about the Parsi home chef. This breed of cook doesn't have a kitchen, a full name or even a big brand. Most of their business comes from word of mouth, and for me, they are the keepers of some of the best food our community has to dish out. Today on the show, we have two such home chefs. Farooq Ragina loves music and dancing, particularly the jive, and is a relocations consultant. When he's not working, he is making amazing Darnipuris, Vasanu, and Badam Pak. We also have Guru Kirani, who is a mom and a homemaker. She has always been a lovely cook, and so when her kids grew up and needed less of her time, she started Sol Chom, a small catering business out of her home in Goregao. On the show today, we talk about home chefs and why secret recipes should be anything but secret. We also chat about how technology is helping the local home chef, and why most home chefs would rather not scale their business. This is Not Just Dhan and now let's chat with Farooq Ragina and Gulruk Irani. Hi, Parzin. Hi, dear. Great. So, um, Gulruk, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I mean, you are obviously a home chef, but how did you get into it? What do you do when you're not cooking? I have got expert critics as kids
1: and my husband. They have got highly developed taste buds. (laughs) So, they had to correct me every meal. And that's how I've fine-tuned my dishes and um, probably reached the best that they can be. Okay. Okay.
0: And uh, Farooq, can you tell us a little bit about what you do?
2: Well, firstly, let me thank you for giving me your space. Mm. Okay, it's been a pleasure and I wish you all the very best with your Barbie Bride. Thank you. I guess it's a great success now. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: So, uh, on a personal level, uh, well, I'm a true bawa, mm. So, I love music, I love dancing. Work hard, party hard is my logo. Mm. Okay.
0: You didn't mention food. If you're saying you're a pure Bava, then you must like Parsi yes, food as I'm well. I'm coming to that. Okay. I am coming to
2: that. <laughs> And as you know, what Bawas do is, you know, cow, pio and yeah. dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what, uh, on a personal level, I'm also a foodie hmm. to an extent. Okay. Uh, on a professional level, well, I'm into relocations. I'm a relocation consultant and I help foreigners settle down in Bombay. So that is what I do.
0: Great. So, um, Gulruk, maybe can you share what are your earliest memories around eating and cooking food? Well, my parents
1: were excellent cooks and they were always giving us pointers on how to better the food. And the seasoning was the most important part of our meal, which dad would do. Mom would cook the meal and then he would taste and, you know, add a little bit of sugar and maybe a little bit of vinegar if it required and that the seasoning
0: is the most important part right like it can completely change the flavor of the dish oh yes Uh, finger licking
1: (laughs) and uh, meaning we were always sitting around our dinner table that was like the meeting place for the whole family and that's where all the food was cut and chopped and you know and then made so those are very fond memories and did you used to help out your parents? Oh yes, as I cooking? was always interfering.
0: Oh, so you were a critic yourself. So then you kind of deserve the no, critics. No, I was. That are I, there. <laughs> I was a
1: very keen learner. I was okay. not a critic. Okay. Unlike my kids, uh, but uh, <laughs> but I loved cooking. You're
0: gonna have a hard time when they listen to the show. <laughs> it's all right. And Faruk, what about you? What were your earliest memories about eating or cooking food?
2: Well. About eating Parsi food, it's like you're born a Parsi, so that's the first thing that goes into your mouth. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Parsi food is like ever since I was a kid. Yeah. Okay. But uh, about cooking Parsi food, is actually, I was actually pushed into it. Uh, it so happened that my grand had gone to UK, and uh, it was just mum and me, and mum was not well. Hmm. So she actually couldn't do much around So she said, okay, come on This is one experience You have to, you know, start cooking Hmm. So in fact, dansak was one of my first dishes Oh, wow Yeah, so with her expert comments And, you know, uh, guiding me how to do what to do That's how I cooked up my first dish Okay Yes
0: That's pretty advanced for a first dish Because most Parsis first cook like dhandar Like I was really proud that I made yellow (laughs) dar by myself And I didn't burn it (laughs) Yeah So, um, Farooq, tell me a little bit about how you, I mean, you already mentioned that, um, you know, you sort of learned because your mom was sick. But what has the journey been like? I mean, when did you sort of decide that you wanted to also like sell sell the food that you're making? Okay,
2: uh, basically, I started out with uh, commercially, so to say, with Darni puri. Now, there was this old lady in Kushrubagh where I live. Okay, uh, she basically used to make Darni and she wanted to pass a tradition on to someone. Okay. So she happened to go to the same stitching class where my mom used to go. And she came to the class one day and said, okay, you know, I want to pass this tradition down. And do you know anyone who would want to learn it? Hmm. So then mom came and mentioned this to me. So I said, okay, I don't mind learning. Hmm. But being the old school, you know, I was like, would she teach a guy? Yeah. Because normally old people were like, you know, I would teach a girl compared to teaching a guy. Yeah. So then mom said, let me ask her. So mom went and asked her. So she said, yeah, yeah, of course. Why don't you send Farouk across? I will definitely teach him, you know. So once she taught me, then, you know, I slowly started practicing at home. And that time I was in college. So I used to practice at home. Every time I used to make a lot, I used to take it to her. You know, parenty auntie, something's gone wrong. I don't yeah. know what's gone wrong. <laughs> Help me, yeah. you know. So, every time she used to correct me, she to say, okay, the dough is not correct, you know, the dar is too thin, mm. you know, you got to make a little stiffer man and all that. So, that's how she corrected me and I kept on doing it till I became good, Yeah. you know. So, once I became good and then when I actually, you, every lot I used to make, I used to take it to her, you know. Okay, now tell me, now yeah. tell me. So, finally she said, okay, mm. you've become good at it mm. now, oh. you know. So, whenever she used to have excess orders… She used to pass the clans on to me. Oh, how nice. So that's how I basically got into commercially.
0: Okay,
1: wow. That's very good, you know, that he came across a person who was willing to share.
0: I mean, I was just going to say that. She
1: must have been a very magnanimous person to share this recipe because people are so possessive and so selfish that they don't always want to share.
0: I mean, I was just going to share that. So... You know, one of my biggest pet peeves as a food blogger is um, because I started it because I actually didn't have any, uh, I didn't know how to cook any Parsi food. So that's why I started the blog, because mom would give me all these recipes, I would lose the paper. And our mom would just be like, just put a little bit of this, put a little bit of that. And I'm like, what is a little bit like a teaspoon, Mm. tablespoon? What is it? So it started like that. Um, but obviously now I've uh, you know gone through her repertoire of dishes so I start asking people like oh could you share your recipe for a adamsak masala or something and people are just so possessive about their recipes it's just very strange to me that and why would you not want to share they it they are in
1: the business yeah it's not that you are going to take away their clients or something they just don't want to share you know yeah.
0: and i feel that recipes are the way of um, you know how Tradition Parsi, is yeah, it's on. how tradition is passed on, especially for Parsis, right? Because food is so close to us. What do you feel about it? Kaluk? Well,
2: I totally agree with you. In fact, uh, I have no, you know, concepts like, you know, you shouldn't share a recipe. Yeah. I have actually, uh, I don't actually want to just give the recipe like that. Hmm. Okay. But I've actually gone and taught people how to make it. Yes. Because just by giving a recipe on paper, it's like, okay, you can try and do something, but it doesn't work out the way it is.
0: Which is exactly what you I was know? going to say that just because you shared the recipe with someone, that doesn't mean that that person has, is now going to be able to replicate it completely. While that is the goal of like a very good recipe, um, it's not necessary that they'll be able to replicate not it. Not at
1: all, not at all. You know, and mm. if
0: um, just because I give you a recipe for four people, you're not going to now be able to make a business out of it and cook it for 50 people. You because won't it's even completely, up doing it. Yeah, you know? it's completely a different uh, ball game when you're cooking for yes. multiple amount of people. But you do need a teacher. Yeah, you do. I, th- I really feel you need a mentor, you need a teacher. Uh, who's gonna even
1: for a simple thing like making chapat, you know, you may know how to make the batter, but what type of ladle to use, what type of vessel to cook it in, you know. If you want a standard size, you make, you use a small frying pan instead of a big tawa and, you know, make a big map out of A it. big dosa. <laughs> <laughs> a sweet dosa, yeah. you know. And uh, even the spoon, Just to twirl it round or just to put that flat-bottomed spoon Mm -hmm. to spread the dough. All that does make a difference.
0: Yeah. So, Gulruk, can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you started? I mean, you obviously have been a very busy homemaker looking after your kids and parents. So, when uh, did you sort of decide that you wanted to uh, start? And obviously, your catering service is called Solchom. So, if you could also tell us a little bit about what that means.
1: Well, I did gather courage by joining a food app. But unfortunately, they went fut after a few months. But then my son said, Mom, if you can keep up with their orders, why not do it on your own? Mm. So my dad had passed away some years back and his name was Saurabh. And Piarse, you know, we would call him Soli. So that was stuck in my head. But then I didn't want to personalize it. So his food was always dear to me. Hmm. So I said okay let's make it Sol f- Chom. Chom means food okay. in Dari and our uh, Iranian dialect. So yep. then we named it Sol Chom and oh, wow. we opened a FB page and started meaning centered out a small little menu which I could cope with and hmm. it has grown from there.
0: Okay. So Farooq, I mean, you mentioned that you are a full-time relocation consultant. So why uh, do this as well? Like, I mean, is it, are you doing this for extra income? You're doing it something which your family does? I mean, or are you doing it because you feel like, you know, these kind of traditions are going to get lost to the world? Like, what's the motivation?
2: Okay. Uh, As of right now, I have taken a small break. Okay. Because I'm looking after my 80-year-old baby. Hmm. Okay. So I'm actually babysitting her. Hmm. And, uh, This is something like, you know, it's more like a hobby. Okay. And I wouldn't want the tradition, you know, to just go waste. Yeah. And since I have the, you You know... You have mastered it. Almost, you could say yes. Okay. Mm. So, since I have the abilities, might as well take the orders and do the Mm. most out of it.
0: Right. And, uh, I mean, Gulruk, you obviously... have a much wider menu. So Farrokh, just to give some context here, Farokh mainly makes Vasanu, Darnipuri, badam pak, Khajurni Gauri. Um, but Gulruk, you also do like a lot of the uh, traditional Parsi foods like dhan yeah. and sali chicken and all of those. So can you share some of your challenges about doing it from home? Like what have your experiences been? Because it's very different to make three or four things and then to make like 20 different things, right? Oh, yes. I've
1: mm-hmm. come across customers who have ordered one of each dish. Yeah. And it becomes a little chaotic at home where I'm shooing people away from the kitchen. Yeah. But otherwise, it's quite manageable mm-hmm. because of some preparations done beforehand. And uh, I have always been a very quick cook. Okay. So, my dad, in fact, in my youth had named me the Here Comes a Fast Cook. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, uh, courier. Is a major problem Getting it delivered Getting it delivered And getting the slot For that delivery When the customer Wants it delivered Right Yeah But then there are some people Who don't want to pay that charge For just one item So they will order Five, six items Mm -hmm. Which is good for me Yeah but then they don't mind eating the stale food. So I'm not complaining.
0: Yeah. <laughs> For me, the biggest challenge when I was doing it from home was actually my husband. So I would make uh, okay. all these laganno custards. And I actually had to buy a separate fridge when I started doing it from home because... Uh, Every time there was custard in the fridge, he would just eat it. And then I would wake up in the morning and be like, "Polly, <laughs> was so order. Like, how did you eat it? Like, I now have like, you know, 14 custards and I had to give 15. And custard obviously takes like two or three hours to cook. So I had to... um Actually threaten him that I would take this new fridge and put it under lock and key (laughs) (laughs) if you don't stop eating the custard. Mm -hmm. So what about you, Farukh? Has there been any challenges, um, you know, in doing it out of a home kitchen? Have you ever felt like you would want to expand this or you're happy to sort of what? I mean, have you had any sort of challenges like those? No,
2: basically, I'm very happy. You know, these are a few of my favorite things Hmm. and I'm very contented. Hmm. Okay I do not want to take more On my plate And not be able to deliver Fair enough Because I do everything Single handedly hmm. So I think It's okay you know
0: But has there been any uh, Kind of challenge Like any interesting story Where I don't know You had to make 20 Darnipories And you counted it wrong And then only 18 turned up No there <laughs> <No>, never never a <laughs> case like that.
2: It's always, you know, I always make a little excess because yeah. I always know that, you know, even if I have an extra one, you know, there will be someone or the other, you know, looking would, for it, looking <laughs> for it or if I wanted to just, you know, give it off as a gift to someone, so I always have extras. So okay. that's all right.
0: Okay. Yes. Great. So, um, Kulruk, could you tell me like you um, you know, we spoke about that you started a Facebook page? for example. So how has this new technology like WhatsApp, Facebook affected your business? Do you feel that's made it um, easy for people to uh, start? Or do you feel that, you know, flyers and community newspaper, which one gets you like traction? No,
1: no, no. I got one customer from the community ad newspaper ad that I'd given, but I've got major part of my customer base from Facebook. And WhatsApp, you know, people Hmm. sending it across and sharing the same message again and again. But otherwise, uh, yes, technology is a boon. Whether it is in spreading the word or whether it's having things done quicker at home, in the kitchen, machines, absolute boon.
0: What about you, Farok? Has uh, being on, do you feel, WhatsApp, Facebook, does it make a difference uh, to the business or it's mainly word of mouth for you?
2: Well, for me, mainly it's just word of mouth. It's, I think, the blessings of uh, Perinanti, Hmm. you know, who want me to just feed the whole community with (laughs) Vardani Puri. Yeah. So it's just word of mouth. And I've never actually felt the urge to advertise or anything because there are times when I get so many orders, I have to actually turn them down. Okay. And I don't have orders. Pass them on to me. Sure, done <laughs> So I don't have orders only from Bombay My Puris have gone to US, Canada, uh, Australia In fact, in one batch just went to Dubai
0: Oh wow So yeah,
2: they travel around the world
0: Oh nice <laughs> I remember the yeah, very first time I made And someone wanted to take the dhansak to Dubai And I was just like um, How are we going to do this? So we had to like completely freeze it into like little cubes. cylinder type ah, things okay. so that it would not and luckily Dubai is not a very long flight so two or three hours it would uh, no, sort I've of, had
2: clients who have taken poris to Australia
0: oh wow yes that's
1: a very long distance
2: yes
0: Yeah, especially with the Australian immigration right like I mean if they check in yeah oh check in yeah
1: hmm.
0: it's just a cake no
1: my stuff has gone to US, Canada and Dubai but not Australia not yet but the only Next thing time. is
0: <laughs> but the only
1: thing is I have to tell them you know, I meaning packaging, they want to present it. So I give them the cardboard boxes separately. That's Please don't freeze do. them because otherwise there was one customer who didn't want to even make the effort of packing it up later on. So they took, asked me to pack it and then they kept everything in the fridge and then the cardboard went soggy, you know, Yeah. and that was very sorry.
0: <laughs> so this is actually a good um, point for us to just take a quick break. We're going to take a quick break and then just be right back, guys. Welcome, everyone. And we're back on not just DhanSak. So like we were talking, um, Gulruk was talking to us about, uh, you know, client stories and crazy uh Experiences that you've had. So, Farooq, could you maybe share um, a story with us about a Parsi client? Like, I'm sure you have stories. Like, you know, anyone who comes here and tells me they haven't had a Parsi or uh, slightly offbeat Parsi client story, I know they're lying because no, we are a special I, breed. No, no,
2: I have not <laughs> had uh, uh, this thing. I do have a nice story. Hmm. In fact, uh, there is this regular customer of mine from UK. She's a 93 year old lady hmm. who in her days used to make darni puri okay okay and she somehow got to know that i also make darni puri so she had ordered uh, someone was going to celebrate her 90th birthday hmm. so she said i want this guy's darni puri hmm. but tell him that there is a specific request she wanted me to put khari sakar, that's rock sugar okay i was like so when this lady actually called me and told me you know there is a special request this lady wants you to put khari sakar hmm. i was like Don't you think it's going to become more sweet? Hmm. And very fact, I bake my poris, you know. So very fact, when you put it in the oven, it's going to melt. Right. So she's like, no, no, just do it. Hmm. Like, okay, Hmm. because the entire batch is yours. So I'll do it. And I, right enough, did it. And um, obviously, I had one for myself. Hmm. So I said, let me taste it now, you know. The sweetness was totally different. There was a, a very peculiar sweetness. It wasn't overpowering or anything, but it was a nice pleasant taste, you know. Yeah. So I was like, wow, this is a new learning experience. So I'm sure we all have some experiences where we learn from.
0: Of course, yeah. And what about you, um, Gulruk? I'm, I'm sure you've you've done this now for about a couple of years that yes. you've had Chum, So Some customers, uh, they say they'll come pick up and everything
1: and they don't turn up. Oh, wow. And that's a waste of food. Of yeah. course, I've got hungry mouths at home, so that gets taken care of. But uh, there was one set of customer, like a whole family came over to pick up the food. They Mm. had ordered only two meals and uh, there were five of them who wanted to eat from it. And I said, Baba, this is only for one average person. You order more if you want to eat. No, no, no. We are just taking it for sample. And then those people had the audacity to call back saying... This was not enough. I said, yeah, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I asked you to order for more. I yeah. didn't know that there were going to be five of them eating the food. But then they said, okay, maybe next time. Which yeah. didn't happen. Hmm. And I don't think I'll entertain them. Yeah. Because they are very big eaters. But they wanted it cheap.
0: But I guess that's, I mean, you touched upon a good point. It's one of the benefits of being a home chef. I mean, you mentioned it as well. Uh, You know, you don't have to accept every order. Yes. Because you're doing it from home. It's not your, um, you know, main source of income. That's the freedom that we have. So that's the freedom. I can travel. Yeah. So for you, I mean, that's (laughs) That's travel. What about for you? Like, I mean, do you like having this freedom of just sort of doing it whenever? Yes. Yeah.
2: Completely.
1: Hmm. that's precisely why I'm not even signing on to these food apps right. now hmm. because they have this time period in which you have to give whatever is on your menu yep. and sometimes you do fall short of stock
0: yeah and people are very when it comes to food this has been my learning that they're very sensitive of like about when the food comes so I because used to say hungry Yeah, so I used to send dabbas and uh, you know The Dabbawala had told me it would come by 12.30. So I used to leave a buffer and tell the client it will come at 1 o'clock because we are in Bombay and i had these clients who would call me at like 101 like they would wait it would be 101 and then bang their phone would come the dabba wala hasn't come huh? you have sent no today the box <laughs> <laughs> and once after i think she called me for some 15 days in a row and then one day i was like oh no i to didn't send it today <laughs> and uh, luckily the you bell rang in the background <laughs> so i got saved cuz i yeah no yeah
1: no no, no. But then people are finicky when they are hungry, you know. Hmm. We know from experience at home yeah. the dining table becomes a kurukshetra before food is served, and then everyone is replete and smiling.
0: Yeah. So for me, when I did, I used to do these home dining experiences. Um, I had a kitchen in Malcombagh where I used to do it. And one of the biggest requests that people had after that, because we used to do like beer and dhansak, and people used to have that. And then I was one was never invited. Yeah, it was a paid experience. <laughs> no, no. Um, you should have hung some yeah. hammocks. <laughs> yeah, so that was the big thing. Everyone was just like, hey, uh, can you please supply some mattresses <laughs> so that we can just go to sleep here in the sun? And I was like, no, I needed to leave now. Like, It's three o'clock, please go. Yeah, yeah. kitchen closes. So, I mean, you know, um, Farok, you mentioned that you're a relocation consultant. So you work with a lot of foreigners. Um, and a lot of home chefs today are offering cooking classes and home dining experiences is what is your thought around this like do you feel that this is in demand do you feel this is a good uh, way of you know getting an insight into the local culture of
2: Bombay why do you want me to stick to the local culture
0: mm-hmm.
2: actually you give me food for thought mm-hmm. okay but uh, off late you know I'd go two steps ahead and off late uh, you have these internet uh, series yeah okay so I think I would go in for a shirtless chef.
0: Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be a very nice Airbnb experience. Yeah, absolutely. You know, shirtless chef making darni poris. Yeah. <laughs> so, awesome. maybe I'll
2: add chocolate mousse also then.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. So, um, do you have any, uh, I mean, what is for you the future? Like, do you think you would ever want to grow it? You're happy where where it is, where your home you know, where your kitchen is right now Like, would you ever want to grow it? Well,
1: I do get calls mm-hmm. Where my restaurant is
0: And I have to tell them very sadly That I'm not a restaurant yet So I have a funny story about that So I had put um, Barbie Bride on Google Maps Which was actually my home address But I used to call it Barbie Bride Just yes, so I that uh, people could find it And um, we have a private... Sort of courtyard around our house, and I was putting Murad to sleep. He was about uh, six months back then, and uh, there was this person just like roaming around the courtyard. And I was like, you know, like, what do you want? Who are you? And he's like, Babi Bright, Babi Bright? Like, oh, yes. he was like shouting at me from <laughs> from the courtyard. And then he's just like, oh, Will I get some food? And I'm like, No, you have to pre-order. Like, I don't have. And he's like, No, please. But can you give me some kebabs? I'm very hungry. <laughs> and I'm just like. I'm sorry, but I don't have any food prepared. Like, it sounded very, uh, yes. very strange, but, um, No, but
1: I have people driving up to my building. It's in a colony. Yeah. Where does one have a restaurant in a colony? But then people have come up and, meaning parked downstairs and hmm. said, can we come up? Give us anything we will eat. It. <laughs> I said, no, we have just finished everything. And <laughs> that's very, very disappointing in the sense that, People don't really think forward or read our, hmm. uh, you know, write up on Google or whatever we have hmm. said. It's a home chef and you know pre-ordered only, hmm. and they come home hungry. <laughs> and so I I feel very bad when a, a customer goes away hungry. You know? Yeah.
0: Um, so Farouk, you also make <coughs> vasano. And I yes. was, uh, when I was doing research for this show, I read, um, this article where you had been featured for your vasano. And you mentioned that you cook it only on the, the kakran or chulo, which yes. has a very slow flame. So, um, I mean, can you share a little bit about how you make this vasano? Why do you feel it's important to, uh, you know, sort of cook it so slowly or like, does it really make a difference
2: in the taste? Uh, it does make a difference. I'll tell you why. Because uh, the initial ingredients are all fried first, hmm. okay, and then when you add it to the main vessel, you hmm. know, where you mix everything together, it has to be cooked on a low flame. Hmm. The juices have to come out. In that low flame, it has to the oil which has been absorbed initially that has to start leaving the ingredients again. Hmm. You know, so that's the reason you have to cook it on a very low flame. You can do it on a high flame and you know finish it off fast. Yeah. But then it also burns down. Because Vasano, as you know, you don't make it in small quantity. You yeah. have to make it in a large quantity.
1: Hmm.
2: So that is what it is. So the slower you cook it, the more taste comes out.
0: Right. And what My about... God, what the Kakara, you Chula,
1: you have one that's working?
2: I have three.
0: Hmm. Oh, God. So you can borrow one from him the no, next no, time. No, I <laughs> have
1: one, but it's not working. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have the kakra for it. Mm-hmm.
2: There's this person in Dadar who does it. Hmm. They could repair it for you.
0: Okay. Okay. So the next time then you can do... No, no, no. (laughs) It will try
1: my patience. Forget (laughs) it.
0: (laughs) But I I mean, I do agree. Certain things always taste better when they are slow cooked. And that has been a challenge for me when we moved into a commercial kitchen because we have large gas hobs. Um, and to slow cook something, it actually is very an challenging. Effort. So, it's I. An um, you can't. I mean, the gas just switches off beyond a certain point. It will not go slow enough for you to cook it slowly, even if you wanted to. And I had to train my chefs. So, I was like, after every ingredient, you're going to wait and fry it for like 16 minutes. So, they had like a timer that they would put on I would, because I didn't trust them to like actually no, take they tend the time to. Burn to the, um, um, and each you know, thing is very
1: a- delicate that goes into it.
0: You hmm. know? So. Just to wrap up, one of the questions I had was, you know, when someone asks you, uh, where is the best Parsi food that you can find, right? I tend to tell them that the best Parsi food you can find is at someone's house. Because even though there has been, even though I run a takeaway service myself and a Parsi, uh, you know, there are now a few Parsi restaurants coming up, I still feel that. The best is at home. What do you feel, Gulruk?
1: Definitely. Yeah? Definitely.
0: And why is that the case? Why do you feel that? Like because the there's so
1: much of attention that's given to it. Mm-hmm. A lot of love and care that goes into it. And you know that that person has taken real good care of the hygiene.
0: Okay. What about you, Faruk? Do you feel, where do you feel is well, the best part food? I do agree.
2: I do agree. It would come, you know, from someone's house. Okay. It also depends who the person is making it for. Because hmm. if a person's making it with love, you know. Yeah. You can actually taste, you know, the taste enhances. Yeah. You know, so you actually know, okay, you know, this is actually made like my Fui, Hmm. you know. She used to make these small things for me, like ravo, Hmm. you know. She used to make this doodmi jelly. Right. Okay. But the amount of... jelly,
0: just to interrupt you, is like the most uh, underrated dessert. Like... I know. It tastes so good.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But the way she used to make it, you know, and it was like, wow, you know, Hmm. it's like... don't think i've had this ever you know anywhere outside
1: each morsel yeah and those are the things
2: you actually cherish right you know yeah so these are fond memories also yes
0: and i think it's a good uh, i mean point for us as home chefs to like take care of you know it's very easy to sometimes if you have a big order get flustered and you know do it but i all i always feel that your client can make out when that yes. love has been put in and when it yes. has been cooked with and cooked with so care. good
1: you know mm. when they get back
0: saying that our guests love the food yeah a Great. little you know ego trip yeah <laughs> <laughs> so one of the questions i ask everyone who comes on this show uh Farukh, is i mean dansak you mentioned was the first dish you cooked um is that really your favorite Parsi dish if like you had to die tomorrow Um what would you do Dhansak Darni Puri which would be your last uh, Lagannu oh, and I'll goodness. come
2: and raid your fridge <laughs> oh,
0: yeah now you know where yeah. to <laughs> come where they'll always be spare <laughs> what about
1: you Gulruk oh no fond memories of Dhandar and Kolmina Patio
0: yeah Dhandar for me is like the ultimate dish to have after you um travel and yes, come back yes, by yes, like the seventh or eighth <laughs> day I'm always just like dreaming like when will I come home and have have Dandar <laughs> Patio. <laughs> when I was in UK, my husband was saying that, Do you
1: like the food out there? And I said, No, I'm going to just come home and eat Dandar Patio.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, I mean, thank you, Guruq, and thank you, Farouk, for you being for on the show. Us.
2: Thank you. Pleasure is ours.
0: Thank you. I had a lovely time, and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to yet another episode of Not Just Dhansak.